With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers. Such down under. I'm Matty Peverell, joined as always by my co-host Marky D, Marky Davison. How you doing, mate? You know what time it is. Your two favourite Aussies from down under, Mark and Aussie Steeler. I forgot your name. It's Matty. <laughs> how, how are you? <laughs> oh man, I'm good. I'm good. I I don't know what's going on. It's raining. It's sunshine. It's like it's so weird in Australia right now. Like we just had so much rain for six days, and then we had a bit more rain again. So, you know, uh, thoughts to everyone going for that kind of stuff, but it's it's crazy. But now, like, the sun's coming out. So it's just typical Australian weather and typical Australian times down here. But I'm excited for the season. I'm really excited for training camp. And we're getting so much more closer to preseason games and where we can see Kenny Pickett and Trubisky throw a football. And that's going to be amazing. And we've got Jay Jevil in the live chat, as always. But, yeah, it's pretty cold at the moment down here, and it's been pretty right. rainy, but... I can uh, I can see the sun coming out now, so that's good. Yeah, it's been crazy, man. Like the weather. Yeah, I'm here. The weather's been like. Uh, are you there? I'm here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, uh, I was talking, and you know, I heard you say something. I'm like, well, <laughs> I haven't missed something there. I think we're live. I'm pretty sure we're live, and we're on we the, are, uh, we are, the BTSD network of, of of all podcasts. There's been a million podcasts a day, so you know we're there somewhere. And uh, it's, like I said, you're our favorite Aussies. Do we start again, or do we keep keep going? No, 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 let's keep going. <laughs> Kathy Ford says, hi, guys. Um, but yeah, like, I, I think interesting week. We saw the Heinz bottles come down. Everyone had a yeah. cry about that. Um, like, okay, I just, I'm so overhearing about this. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't want to talk about that anymore? Because that was my number one topic today. Well, you know what? As someone that, like, has a food allergy that's, like, like it's not by choice, you know, Heinz don't really cater to that food allergy, so I don't really give two stuffs. <laughs> no, it's, I mean? funny, it's, it's funny, too, because, like, we call, in, in, in Australia, right, we call, like, uh, ketchup, uh, everyone calls that style, like, tomato sauce. And when yeah. you go over to America, I know you've probably experienced this, too, you go over there, oh, can I get some tomato sauce with my chips? And they're, and they're thinking, hell, pasta sauce? Like, what do you want with your chips? And they bring out like actual 100%. potato chips. So yeah, we don't call it ketchup here. We call it tomato sauce on our on our chips or fries. So. When I was a kid, right? I grew up, like I mostly called it Barto sauce because when I was a kid, like I couldn't say tomato when I was like two or three whenever I started talking, right? And I said it really early on. Um, 
So yeah, I was just calling it Bardo Sauce for the first like decade of my yeah. life. <laughs> so that is, that is one strange one when we go over there. It's like we don't say, "Oh, can you pass the ketchup?" Uh, we just say, "Can you pass the tomato sauce?" And then yeah, someone in Pittsburgh once told you they said to me, "Do you mean do you want pasta sauce?" Like for like as in for spaghetti? I was like, like a, yeah, like a bizarre. I was like, nah, like, you're yeah. crazy. I want like tomato sauce. <laughs> You know, but um, it's not, it's not a, it's not a. I don't really thing. have it anyway. I'm a barbecue sauce person. Oh, right? yeah, me 100 percent too. If I'm getting a pie, I'm, 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 I'm grabbing barbecue sauce. But like, I reckon it's not that big of a deal. They actually signed a five year deal as well for the Heinz Red Zone. So yeah, I saw that. That's cool. They're coming back. It's like, like I said last week, like you, you're angry about it, you move on, and then next minute we probably will be calling Acrosaur Stadium by the end of the year. Uh, it's the, the name's growing on it me. Does, it's, it's not that bad. It's actually exactly not that right. bad. Yeah, it looks bad on paper, growing. but to say it, it's yeah. actually not that bad. But you got, you got to give a shout out to to I think even BTSC have got like you know the shirts and stuff like that. Every, every single every single uh, Steelers shop is was selling Heinz Field forever. But then how long does that like like do, would I really go over there and buy a Heinz Field Forever T shirt in three years? Uh, maybe not. So uh, it's all cool. Like it's it's yeah. What Ke- oh, even Cameron Haywood said. Don't worry about it. We got Latrobe in a few weeks' time, and we're going to go win a championship. Like that's what it's about. So yeah. I'm excited. I, don't know. I just, I just think like, I don't know. Look, here's a different angle on it, right? Acrisure apparently are doing stuff in the cybersecurity space. I work for a company that is in the cybersecurity space. If this saves the Steelers from getting hacked and another team stealing their data or being held for like a massive ransom by like some like people on the dark web, great. Anyway, let's get into Steelers football. Um, but you said you had a couple of questions for me in the live chat. Oh, I just want to see how you're going, Matty. I haven't spoken to you for a week. Well, actually, I think we've been both so busy and we haven't been even, uh, I haven't seen you in the Slack channel. Like normally you're fighting everyone in the Slack channel, um, about who's the best player, who's this, who's that. And I haven't seen anyone. <laughs> yeah, been it's been a busy week for me, but then I also, someone in the Slack channel told me that they liked well done steak and I... Oh, that's who. Who was that? that can, we, we, can we name? Uh, no, 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 no. Keep the keep the slack confidential. Oh, but uh, okay, so we, if we, that's, I, I okay. just it, it it yeah, not good. No, I'm okay. just joking. That's, I did have a busy they did well say on, that though. Well who wants steak? a word on steak? I'm sorry, I'm take that one on. That's when you need the ketchup coming out. You need all kinds of sauce on that steak. Like I like my medium medium rare. I, I don't, don't even feed my dog. I don't even feed my dog well done steak. <laughs> that's crazy. Why would you have? You just, you can't. Then they tried to then they tried to justify it and say that it wouldn't taste like rubber. I'm like, yeah, it would. Oh, it does because the longer you cook it in the pan, it keeps cooking outside the pan as well. You know, it keeps cooking in your stomach, and that's how well done it is. That's uh, you just no, you can't do that. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I just yeah, no, you eat. I don't. know. I'm a medium rare guy, but I always say medium rare, slightly on the rare side. That's what I always say. Have you ever had a wee? I've had a steak once where it's dead set, like cook for like twenty seconds, like or whatever. Oh, it was, like, like really steak hair. Oh, yeah, they're unreal. A bit of bit of garlic salt on there. Mwah. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> Kathy Ford might as well. <laughs> you know, when we um, I, I don't mean to delve back into the pizza podcast <laughs> episode, but there used to be a really bad, you know, that like really great but greasy but. Thick, like rubbery pizza that you get on a, like a, a not like they have them you know a, a night out like on a on the corner like in America you get them they're really nice in Australia not good you got to go to like wood fire traditional pizza place to get good pizza but we used there used to be one near the bars we used to go to and uh, <laughs> we used to call them sham wows because they tasted like a those sham chamois yeah. sham wow cleaning cloth but they did soak up all the alcohol on the positive side. <laughs> That's all you need when you that when you that you you know that cart and you, you can't walk straight. It kind of helps you out. So, I've I've been in that road a few times as well. You don't care what you eat. <laughs> yeah, you just exactly. go and grab it. Exactly. All right. Well, let's get into today's show. <laughs> and and uh, last week we looked at the offensive <clears throat> players on the Steelers roster that we thought really needed to step up at training camp. This week we thought we'd talk about the defense. Uh, and I'm gonna get. I'm gonna hand it to Kathy Forward, who's like on fire in the live chat. And she said, "How can you not answer this question with Devin Bush?" And so I didn't want to spend like I didn't. I knew someone was gonna bring that up. I'm glad it was Kathy. Um, I think it's a nice place to start there from the live chat feeding in. Mark, I mean, everyone's on Devin Bush. He needs to have a big year. 
what do you what do you want to see from Devin Bush at training camp? Or what? Or, I mean, you know, they don't show everything on film. So, what are you hoping to hear out of training camp regarding I, Devin Bush? I kind of hope I can see what he was doing before he got injured. Like, I think he was playing fantastically, fantastically before he got injured. Uh, that we're all on Devin Bush and, and, and wishing him for the best to be one of the best steals and a true stealer, right? And yeah. then it all, it all fell to pieces. And we all know what happened last year. He just seemed like he was checked out of the game. And I know, like, in a lot of sports, you can you can tell when players aren't playing the right way. They're a bit off. They get the yips. They're in their head. Uh, he was a bit like that. So he was making the tackles. He was, he was there. But in in most times I was watching the film or the highlights and I was watching the game, he just didn't seem like he was playing like, like that position to his to his ability. Now that could be that could be his, um, you know, he, he doesn't want to go out and, and and test his knee or w- whatever he did, right? I don't overly know. So, but this is a big year for 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 Devin uh, Devin Bush again because back from the injury, you have Miles Jack next to you. You have like a duo where you can start to you know be a tandem together for the next. I don't know, maybe a few years, depending how it goes. But there's a lot of pressure on uh, on Devin Bush because you got Miles Jack next to you. So, yeah, what, what do you think? Uh, think about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, he obviously had a, he's had two down years. I mean, he was the third ranked, you know, AP Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2019. You know, in the last two years combined, in 19 games, he's had less 13 less tackles than what he did in his rookie year, where he played in 16 games. Um, you know, his rookie year, he had nine tackles for a loss. He's only managed two since then in the following two seasons. Um, he was up on quarterback hits last year, and early on the season, he actually was doing all right. He was getting close to the quarterback and putting pressure there, and I was like, ooh, you know, I, I remember saying, I said to Shannon White, I was like, look, he might actually surprise a few people as the season wears on, but he never quite found that groove. So, yeah, for me, I mean, I've talked about him recently in the last two War Room podcasts because I've been talking about um, pro football references, AV metric. And it's really funny with his AV metric because in the last two years, he's got an AV of nine. In his rookie year, he had an AV of nine. And that gives him an, a total of 18, which if you spread it out over the three years he's played, is an average AV of six. Now that's technically ahead of the average for a first round linebacker drafted in the last decade. But the thing is, it's what we see as fans on tape. And the thing for me that's going to be hard to judge is, or that I think we've got to sort of take with a grain of salt with training camp, is he might, we might hear positive things, we might hear negative things. But for me, Devin Bush is one of those players that it's out on the field that he makes things happen. Um, and we're not going to know how well Miles Jack's in adjusting to this defense and how well Devin Bush is doing until we get to see what Minka's doing and whether Minka has to keep coming up and saving the day all the time for the linebackers. Obviously, that's also dependent on the defensive line, you know, stopping things like the run as well. But I don't think we're going to see this until we see the starters on the field in the preseason and early on in the season. Um, but the biggest thing for me is I, on on tape, I want to see him flying around again. I want to see him at the, at the, you know, wherever the ball is. I want to see him shedding blocks. I think that's a big one for me is shedding blocks. Um, so, and, and, and really working well with this new defensive line. I don't want to see people running into each other, which sounds like something simple. These guys are professionals, but you do see it, you know? Yeah. Well, you, so. you think back to, I think it was the charge game where the fumble happened or something like that. Yeah. And nobody else was going for the football and Devin Bush went out there and got it and scored the TD. Uh, I, I think you can get back to that, but it's, it's definitely last year was a pretty bad year. Like when you look at it, even if you're not a football coach, like, like myself or whatever, right. But, you can see mm-hmm. that there was something off and it was maybe hesitant to do things. Uh, he didn't want to tackle and Shoba didn't help out either. Those fellas both didn't want to tackle. You could see them both leering away from the tackle or getting involved or making the plays or making the, the splash plays. But I think having bringing in Miles Jack as well is going to help Devin Bush a lot, you know. Um, and is there's probably a lot of pressure on himself, you know, not really like, not really the coaches telling him what to do, what he needs to be, or the fans telling him what to do, but he probably knows that last year wasn't his best year because yeah. because it's how he played, right? Oh, he pretty much said so as well a few months back. Like when they when they didn't sign him to the fifth year option, he pretty much said, "Look, I, I get it." Um, and you know, 
I, I said it at the time. Like, I, I think Devin Bush, I love Devin Bush coming out uh, of college. I definitely thought I, I really liked Devin White, but I knew that Devin White wasn't going to be there on the board unless they were going to trade into the top five to get him. I know he went, I think he went six, but you would have needed to go into top five to get ahead there. Um, but, you know, you know, for me, one thing I did like last year, right? And and he could have had a worse year. You know, everyone said he looked like he was sort of standing off off a little bit and backing off. But he, you could tell he was watching that ball like a hawk. Like he still was moving around. He was just that, there was just something that was holding him back. And I think it's that comfortability in the knee. To me, that was a good sign. To me, that says he's not lost the feel for the game. Now it's about going in and making those hits and trusting that knee. Um, and we all have talked about feeling more comfortable on, an, you know, on, on things like an ACL the second year round. So, you know, definitely Devin Bush needs to step up. But the other thing that's going to be interesting too, I think there are two X factors here that I guess we're applying now to Devin Bush that we weren't applying, you know, six, nine months ago when we would have had this conversation. And that is like you alluded to that. How does he interact with, you know, uh, Miles Jack? And B, what impact has Brian Flores had on Devin Bush? Big time, yeah. I didn't you know? know about that. Because you and I Huge. talk about that, that game with, with like the Dolphins and the Ravens. And I, I sit there and I think a guy like Brian Flores with the talent that Devin Bush can be, like, you know, it, it does get, look, you can see it in like my animation. I mean, it, it's a lot harder for the people on the audio. Well, the audio guys we can't. can hear it in the expression. Like, I, <laughs> I think that's an exciting prospect. Yeah, no, you're right. 100%. I didn't even think about Brian Flores uh, in this instance too because, yeah, he's going to help him coach and put him in the right position to go out there and and, and be victorious. And I, I think just having... Miles Jack next to him and two young guys again take over, take over the defense. And yes, TJ's going to be there, but we'll, we'll, we need some other stars as well. We need some other guys to step up and, and be Correct. like that, that 2008 defense I always talk about, like, you know, on the edge, Woodley and Harrison and Ferry and Foot and, and all those guys, or uh, Timmons was there or whatnot, you know. So uh, I think you just need that bit of, bit of, bit of toughness about you. And I, I think that, like, I can't wait for week one, actually, of the real season because I got a feeling that they can go in, into to Bengal territory and, and lay mm. the smack down. I really do. I think I think that they've been counted out so much. I do too. Year. I actually pivoted on this. Yeah, like the defense is pretty good. Go run the football first game of the year. It's Steelers versus Bengals. I don't think they're going to run over us like they have. Like, how can you've played sport, right? How can you let your opponent three, beat you three times in a row, four times in a row? You must be learning yeah. something every time you lose from them and, and getting that more more anger towards wanting to win. And I think some of those factors need to come into the game and it'll be a more competitive game than we think. So, but coming back to the players, I think, yeah, this this training camp is going to be huge for that because they're not only training to, to, to make the team, they're training for the next, you know, preseason in the first few games, the first five, six games to be ready for the season. It's going to be huge, man. Like these players, are they're going to lock down soon in... in Man, like, you know, uh, two weeks' time, they're back at it. Really back at it. Yeah, I, I just... The thing for me that I'm going to judge, um, and I know that I, you know, basically gush about it all the time, but, like, I got a lot of time for Luke Keekley And Luke Keekley he said this on a podcast best part of 12 months ago, where the most underrated stat for a linebacker is tackles for a loss, right? Because it, it shuts down plays. And... You know, someone can get sacked on the on the second down and then, you know, they can make it work from third down along, particularly if they play against this defense because we seem to leave up those big plays, right? But he, he said a tackles for a loss disrupts a drive. You know, it, it, on a, it, if you do it on a first down, it can completely disrupt it, especially early on in the game or early on in a half. It can disrupt, disrupt the script. It can shut down a drive it's in it. the fourth quarter. Like, there's a different mentality and he basically talked about how underappreciated it is and all the things that have to go right to get an interception or a sack, but to get a tackle for a loss, you know, that comes down to the player executing on that particular play and scheme, you know, and, and, and making sure that works. And like, I mean, Steelers as fans, I think, and fans in general, I think sometimes we underestimate that. Like TJ Watt actually had the leading number of tackles for a loss last year. Now that's not surprising in some ways with the pressures he gave, gave Does up. that include sacks? Uh, hear, me, hear me out. Does that include sacks or not? I'm so confused about that stat. You know, like I, I wondered know. that too when I see people count it, but I don't know. From pro football reference who I go off with those sorts of stats, it doesn't. But Yeah, I don't think it does. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. He's a, he's a sack. A, sack. 
He's a machine, isn't he? And I bet your Madden head is exploding right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't touched that game in a while. But um, all that talking about this defense, though, is making uh, oh, I want to fire it up. But what I, what, I, what I more mean to say is that, like, for me, I'm going to judge Devin Bush's progression throughout the year on those tackles for a loss because those tackles for a loss will show that he's adapted to any changes in the scheme. He's working cohesively with the defense and he's back willing to like go after the ball. To me, that, okay. that, that's what it is. Here's a question for you. You think that, uh, that he's going to, he will improve from last year or will he, will he yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I think so as well. I think he will improve from last year because how else can you get, you know, maybe any worse. He just—he looked like he was lost out there last year as a middle linebacker compared to what he was doing in, the, in his first few seasons and really getting after in his rookie year and have, like having a lot of fun and, and and tackling and being a part of the team. He just looked like he was very lost out there as a stealer. And now with the direction of Flores and um, working with with Jack and working with the linebackers, I think he'll be more uh, situated to to go out and play and having a better off season again. Uh, I think actually he even had a, he might have had a baby. Uh, I think he had a baby a few, uh, you know weeks ago i'm too sure but um you know i I think overall i think it'd be okay do you know what the definition is of (laughs) you know when we're talking about the difference between a sack and a tackle for a loss and this is why i answered it in the way i did because like i've literally pulled up a few and like (laughs) it's it, it depends on who you ask but um one definition is a sack is a tackle for a loss unless the quarterback is sacked at the line of scrimmage where he gains zero yards or if there is a false fumble on the play (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's confusing. So uh, it, basically, a sack counts as a tackle for a loss, except for when the quarterback is tackled at the line of scrimmage. But like, right. how you're not going to have a whole separate stat line on that. You just you have tackles for a loss, you have sacks. It is what it is. Um, it's just easier that way. But but to put that into perspective, like last year, you know, um, if you look at the middle linebackers, probably Matt Milano is probably the most like for like on that list. And he had 15 tackles for a loss. And it's interesting because Cameron Haywood had 15 tackles for a loss. Alex Highsmith had 15 tackles for a loss. And TJ Watt had 21. So it's not like this is, you know, not set up for him to be able to do it. Uh, But yeah, I I just think if if Devin Bush can move to being, you know, can get eight to 10 plus um, in the tackles for a loss, I think we can say that he's, he's on the up. Um, and then the, so, the defense yeah. is going in the right direction. Like you said, you, you interrupt their, you know, their, their scheme or their script of like the plays they're running. Like they want to go second and five and then go into a play action or go into a five wide. If you go and get him at first and 13, pumps the defense up. Now it's second and 13. Uh, and then they don't know what to do. They're, what does the offense do then? It's, it's all, yeah, I, I think, it, I think it's going to be fantastic to see him. And we'll, we can probably have a good, uh, perspective in the first four games, first six games, I think, to see what, what is happening with uh, Devin Bush and, and Miles Jack there. Mm. This could be a great duo, these two. We, we don't know. Like, they're so young. I, I actually, I'm quietly hopeful. Um, I, I'm i one of those people that, same with Ogan Joby, and I wanted to talk about him. You know, I, I wonder whether we're going to regret not having some Miles Jack to a longer contract, but the salary cap goes up, so we can eat that, eat that later on. Um, so Ogan Joby was someone I wanted to talk about because, um, with Ogan Joby, I think, I think he's got to have a big camp. I think he's got to prove not necessarily to the coaches and fans who I think we're all high on his stats. And stuff. <clears throat> he's got to, he's got to prove it to his defensive line teammates. I think he's got to earn that respect from TJ and Haywood and, you know, Alawalu, um, and, and work out his place in, in that defensive line. Who, who's the only team he hasn't been a part of in the AFC North? Is it the Ravens? Yes. Yeah. So if he, yeah, so he's got to prove it to the Ravens too. No, <laughs> they might pick him up next. Um, no, there's, there's well, a lot I of pressure. Marcus Peters in three seconds, but you know, there, there's a lot of pressure on uh, Ogan Joby for sure. Like he's the he's the um, the veteran guy, but I think like coming to the new Steelers system, like I think the, now that tour has gone, and we, we will, will he be the starter? Like that's a lot. That's a lot to put on you on your plate to go from, you know, another, another AFC North team now to be a starter for the Steelers. Uh, and also, but I like love still- it. I love it. Like, I think it gives like to Marvin Leal, like a target now too. Like he's, Ogan Joby's got two years, prove that you can take the spot next. Like I, I love it. And I, and I think that's going to get the best out of Ogan Joby. I think this, I think this leadership and this mentality on the Steelers defense is going to help Ogan Joby even further. Um, 
you know, he's not necessarily rushed in a line that's got the quality of what the Steelers have got. If you if you think across the defensive line and the outside linebackers as well, I've always liked Ogunjobi. Like I have always brought him in my Madden teams. I I talked about Ogunjobi like back in March, you know, about, you know, buying him. I, I can even tell you the podcast. So I did it on in war room, like way before it was on anyone else's radar. And like, but yeah, I, I'm excited for it, but I do think he still needs to have a big camp. I can't think he ta- can take it for granted that he's just going to take to its spot. So who's the starting three? Who's the, uh, the defensive tackle, Cameron Haywood? And, or, you know, he's in, but who's the other bloke there? Who's the starting three you think that goes on the field, part of the eleven? So I think that you could see formations where I think you're going to see three variations. You're going to see it's probably more the most frequently going to be yeah, Ogunjobi, Alawalu, Haywood. But it depends on Alawalu and managing snaps in certain games and whether they let him sort of work his way in over the first few weeks. I also could see a lineup that's a bit more Haywood at nose, Ogunjobi, um, and Wormley as well for if you're rushing mm. the passer. I, I could see that. If you're going defense, if you're going more run heavy, I could also see, and, and it depends on Alawalu because there's a bit of a question mark on, let's say, if you're working in, he needs a few games, you know, rest, you, you know, at different points of the season. But then you probably are having Hayward one side, Ogunjobi the other. Then you might have a um, Montrevious Adams in there at defensive tackle or like at the more of the nose tackle. Um, you may even move Hayward inside and have Loudermilk on a certain play. But I think Loudermilk will come in to like spell a Hayward. Same with Leal. It, it's, it's going to be interesting, and this is why when, you, when you've got a new defensive coordinator in Terrell Austin and you've got Brian Flores as well, and you've got a guy that's of quality like Kyle Dunbar uh, as defensive line coach, I think we're going to see things that we haven't seen before. Yeah. right. Do, Particularly do you... when you've got a guy like DeMarvin Liao that has traditionally lined up more between the, like at the, four, the four position, I think it is, um, and, and sort of around the, the shoulders of the tackle. I think that's really interesting because he's, you know, that's not traditionally where we might line up a lot of our defensive ends. Um, so, I, yeah, it, it, I, I just, I can't, and I want to see things that I haven't seen before. <laughs> you know, like. Do you think uh, Cameron Hayward has any um, influence on who he's going to be partnered with in that three? You know what I'm saying? Does he, does he have, have any, have any like uh, say where I want this guy with me here? Or I want to play there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna flip that question back to you in with, with this oh, no. in mind. With this in <laughs> mind, though, should Cameron Haywood have that influence? And the reason I say that is for a long time, and you and I talked about this a couple of times quite early on in the off season. I don't want Cameron Haywood playing the percentage of snaps that he's playing. Right? I would rather him play. I think he's 32 right now, 33. I would rather him play another four, even five years. And he moves down to a seventy to seventy-five to eighty percent snap ratio, right? I think he's like above ninety right now. He was last season, right? And obviously, I'm I'm saying you know this season he might be 80, 80, 85, and then you peter down after that, and you just get to a baseline mark of seventy percent. I don't want Cameron Hayward playing that often because I'm going to increase the wear on his body, and I'm going to increase the injuries, and I want people fresh deep into the playoffs. I don't want players going getting to one playoff game like we are and going. I'm done, right? Particularly when a 17-game season. So, yes, I think Cameron Hayward needs to have a um, ability to say, I think this is working. I think this works. This doesn't work. This is a good combination. That's not a good combination. But I want, I want the other players to step up to the point where the conversation is a headache and how do we leave this person out? Well, you know what, Cam? Yeah. Like they've already said with Najee, you know, or Najee, sorry, um, you know, for these certain plays, you're going to come off. These certain plays, you're going to be in, right? Like, I think as well when you've got a guy like Miles Jack, and I've wondered this for a while when you think about Highsmith, the size of TJ, and even bringing in a guy like Marvin Leal. You know, I thought we'd see this more last season, but are we going to have a few 4-3, you know, 4-3 um, formations instead of 3-4s? And, and I think that's an interesting concept as well because I think with that, you know, what, what do we do with Haywood in that regard? Um so particularly when you've got a guy like Wormley on the roster too. So uh, I'm keen to see how they refresh this, but what I don't want to see is everything the same. I don't, obviously we don't want to see what happened last year in the run defense um, from that perspective, but you know, I, I, I want to see people step up so that 
Haywood doesn't have to play as much. So I guess I flip the question to you. Do you think he should have, you know, d- decisions over who's in that line and who's not? Yeah, I, I think he will. I, I think it comes down to combinations as, as well. I think also with Cameron Haywood and guys like that, they get the feel for the game. So he might be like telling the coaches, well, this guy's playing really well, coach. Make sure you put him here in, in this position. Like maybe it comes down to a point where during a game, that defensive line or whoever step it up, if it is Louder Milk, then he goes and normally wouldn't play that position. But maybe Louder Milk is beating this guy one on one every time. You know, maybe maybe he's beating the offensive line every time, or he's seeing things in this game. And and we saw it in the James Harrison uh, Debo game versus the Ravens, where he was he was just on one. You know, he got like uh, three fumble, uh, yeah, three fumbles, three sacks, uh, uh, interception. You know, maybe it's something like that where you where you could just play Miles Jack up front if he is playing outstanding and he's reading everything and he's in the zone. So maybe you don't stick to the script of like you have to be these three players at the front. I, I think maybe that's something I can maybe focus on this year because they're not su- super fast. By the time you watch the play, you're like, oh, was that Latimer was in there? Oh no, oh no, like, he, yeah. he was in there, and you're like, oh, he made the tackle, and you're like, it's super fast, but. The coaches know know what's happening, but I think uh, Cameron Hayward has this, this big leadership right now. Like he's probably the the leader of the locker room right now. So he might find that well, I like playing with next to Alulu here. I, I like playing with Leal in this yeah, for package, sure. and and I think that's going to hold up and through our defense will make everything else work because I I don't think TJ Watt comes to the field that much. I don't think High Highsmith comes to the field that much. But that defensive line it may interchange where they're just changing all kinds of positions. Uh, yes, they'll start in a certain way and they have a title, defensive tackle, defensive end, but they'll swap and change all the time. And also, I think, you just... Here you go. No, no I was just going to say, like, the only thing is I don't want... I, I like that comfortability, and I agree there's going to be some things where it's like, right, Aloha is in. But, like, I don't want... I do feel... Like, I loved our offensive line. Like, guys are doing the waiver. Like, I love that, right? But I do feel like Ben often did that. I'm comfortable with these guys. That's it, right? And I get that's important with, you know, particularly with Pouncey and I completely understood that. But there were times when we probably could have refreshed some of those things and it would have helped us out, right? Like, you know, Ben, like last year, had a really good connection with Ray Ray McLeod. Was Ray Ray McLeod ever going to light it up in like from a, a receiving point? No, yes, he'd catch a pass, maybe get a first down if he's put in the right position, and, you know, the, the lanes open up. But he's never going to, like, he's not going to be a 10-touchdown-a-season re- receiver. So the amount of balls he, or even a five-touchdown receiver season as a receiver. Therefore, it's a little bit, so what? Like, Switzer, and Switzer's retired. I think he retired this week, so it's worth bringing up. So That's I think the key one. That was, that was Ben's, side. Yeah, that was Ben's guy, right? And I was like, well, you can see, this is going to be so different now. I know it's on the offense side, but, like, Big Ben's not there anymore. Uh, it's it's a new era, and maybe these coaches can really go because he had a lot of say. He really did have a lot of say in this team. He had Switzer. He had Switzer. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to. The other thing I was going to say, you hit on the head with Cameron Howard's leadership, though. Oh. There might be a role for Cameron. There's a role for Cameron Howard when he's not on the field. True. Do you know what I'm? Do you know what I mean? Right. So if there are guys that have come off for a particular, like let's say you're putting on more of a pass rush focus. Um, defense or you put or it's like third and long so you're playing in the nickel he's got a role about pumping that defense up if that play doesn't go down so just because Cameron Hayward's not on the field and, and he has a lower percent of snaps doesn't mean he can't be effective you know like and this is the what I wanted to talk about I, I want to hear from you on like a, a few other players but there's one player that I want to bring up about having a big training camp because a lot of us know that he's going to be a really solid player but I think we're going to he needs to have a big training camp from a leadership perspective, this other player I'll bring up later in the show, because I want to see his influence across other players. It's not just, I know his performance would be good. I want to see his leadership for other players. Um, but yeah, is there another, is there another player that you wanted to, that you think needs to have a big training camp? Well, 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 because I, because I, because the defense is so good though, right? Maybe we could talk about maybe, maybe Terrell Edmonds. I don't know. Maybe we could bring him up because, well, no. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to figure out who this player. Can we? I can't handle it. Tell me who the player is. <laughs> we'll get back to me. Who is? Okay, it? so it's Minka. It's Minka, right? right? Minka. Okay. It's not just because it's on the big deal. But you look across the secondary in this defense. You don't have you know Hayden anymore, right? Yes, you've got something that's been there for a while. Yes, you brought back you know Edmonds, but Witherspoon's back. But he's still early on, and like in my in my mind, he's still fairly early in or you know, getting a grip, still getting a grip on what this defense does. 
And he needs to have a massive year. So he's someone that probably springs to mind for a lot of people of having a big training camp. Um, but you also bring in Levi Wallace, who's experienced. But Minka is a leader in this secondary unit. And so for me, like everyone has talked about, like Norwood talked about how much of a leadership role Minka Fitzpatrick played last year. I want to see that across the secondary this year. Like he's that talisman in the defense. You know, I'm not saying that he's Troy Polamalu, but he's he holds that weight in this locker, like not necessarily in the whole defensive locker room. But if you look at in the secondary rooms, that's sort of the that's the role we need him to step up into being. We need him to be, you know, a deeper, you know, um, different version, but you know, have that impact that Polamalu had. And we saw in 2019 in the right defense with a defense that's the defensive lines going hammer and tong you know, and stopping the run, he can do those things. I mean, how many times have you and I sat off the, um, one thing that Mark and I occasionally do is we, we watch some NFL videos of like good players from the Steelers or good draft prospects. And I always commentate that interception that he had, you know, against the Colts. I love that play, like that interception in the end zone, right? But we've got to allow Minka to do those things. But I think Minka has to take the bull by the horns a little bit with the secondary and, get the other guys up to speed if he wants to be able to do those things. Like I'm so excited to see Norwood in a second year, right? And he's someone I wouldn't even think about as we're doing the, preparing the show, but Norwood's another guy I want to see have an awesome training camp, right? Because that's going to be a, a big thing. Chris Steele from um, USC, the undrafted corner, like cornerback. But I do really think on, on, you know, we need to see Minka, and again, this is something we're not going to see till probably the preseason and and the actual season with game with actual gameplay. But and I don't want to see too much Minka on the sideline having to talk everyone through things. But I would like to come out of training camp feeling like the secondary are bonding around Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see Minka. You know, and and that's why like I fell in love with Troy Palami because the safety position to me is one of the one of the most intriguing ones, right? Because you're the last line of defense, uh, and you can see the whole field. So if Minka can set people Correct. up, set, set the corners up, get get you know uh, Sutton, and well, he's already a veteran. He's already a veteran guy too. Now he's coming into his own. He's he's making them talk and, and communicate. But get Witherspoon and Levi Wallace. Like if they're fired up to play for Minka and that leadership, and they're going out there and they're playing five star quality football, Minka can then not you know sit back and still be five star. And he can scan Correct. the whole field. He can scan the whole field. The QBs. He can he can. Uh, you know, he ran down into that into the the, the eight man box like what a hundred times or whatever to get tackles or like you know so many times. The defense can start churning, and I think Minka can play that yeah, that role. Like I am a leader on this team. I've got my mate up front, Cameron Haywood. I got the, the the game record, TJ Watt. If I get my corners in, in in talking together, this this defense could be one of the best we've ever seen in a very long time because all the players are so skillful. We just need them to talk together. And and I think, yeah, uh, piece by piece, we've already named it. Devin Bush needs to go out there and prove probably to himself he wants to do something. Ogan Joby needs to prove that he can be that 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 guy starting. And Cameron Haywood needs to be the leader as well. And now Minka needs to be a leader too. So I'm excited to see that as well because it's another year, another offseason, I think, and another another year at your job. And if you're coming in like a rookie, right, or or uh, second year for, for Trey Norwood, you're looking at Minka going, Wow, this dude's awesome. I want to try and be like that. And then when you can go in and excel, and Minka, if, if something stuffs up, then then Minka can either cover it up or he can play even better. If he doesn't have to go down the box all the time or be around uh, saving plays but making plays, I think that's a big difference. And we're going to see it, I reckon, too. He's the highest paid safety. There's a reason why we banked him. Well, we had to, we had to because, you know, he was the 18th. Um leading player in terms of total combined tackles in the league, the top safety. And he was the 12th player in the league for solo tackles and the, and the, and the top safety there. <laughs> you know, if you want to expect that from safety, you've got to pay the guy. And those, I'd love to see those numbers a little bit lower or remain the same. And the other numbers, you know, like force fumbles and, you know, interceptions, you know, um, or fumble recoveries get a lot higher. Like I'd, the defense needs to... The, the defensive line and the linebackers need to allow Minka to do what he's best at and be a game changer and a playmaker. But it, they got to do their job first. So yeah, no, no, I agree. I, I'm I'm excited just to see him for in another year. Well, how old is he? Twenty six or something? We have the, a really young defense now. You know, the secondary isn't too much of a problem. Like we, we, you've discussed before, the corners maybe. Um, but overall, I think we're 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 set. Like I just don't want to see them 
man, if they lose 40 0 to Bengals, when woo wee, we are in trouble. But I can't see that. I can't see it. I think they're going to be fired up, man. I really. Well, do. yeah. I mean, the only thing is, like, if it, oh, like to me, the Bengals hum when they've got everyone there, and I think losing CJ Uzmola is a massive, massive loss for them. What he did at the tight end position last year was huge for them. But T Higgins, you know, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, like that, that's a you know, with Joe Mixon there as well. That's not an easy offense to sort of stall no, as well. Not, not but all, you've got a year. The thing is, you've got a year to prepare for that game. Yeah. You know, yeah, like this is like the, Buffalo yeah. last year, right? You've got a year to prepare for that game, you know? Well, here's a question for you. You know, we we went into Buffalo, we won that game, and then what, next week we lost against the Raiders? Yeah. So can you, can you over, what, remember, over-prepare? Like, remember that? We, he was like psyching up and then it just went haywire. Yeah, but I don't know, man. I think overall this defense and the guys who need to prove it, like, yes, if Minka can step into that, that more veteran leadership role again, we can have we can have so many leaders on the defense. You'd be looking around going, TJ Watt, Cam, this guy, you know? And I, I think the that's overall... The fact that we can talk about, like, three or four players that are in, like, literally the top one or two at their position on a defense of 11 guys. And and people still count out the Steelers, man. They still don't. They still think they're going to be fourth in the AFC North, but... Maybe that's more because of the offense, but... Mate, I, I saw Steelers at like $67 per dollar like, for the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. We're like still like $8 or something to win the AFC North. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, Yeah, we are counted out big time. Uh, there is just maybe because of the new quarterback, but I think actually having the new quarterback means we have more flexibility in this offense than we've ever had before. Well, we can also I throw really do. I'm sorry, we can also throw the ball more than Could you imagine? Guys. I know it's not, this is not offense, but could you imagine if we go out with the AFC North and it's like, well, Ben, you might have been the problem, <laughs> you know? Just maybe, mate. We go and win some playoff games. And then there's no yeah, but think about, about who's think about who's saying like, look, don't be wrong. I'm not trying to slight a Hall of Fame quarterback that had all these game winning drives and like all the rest of it. Like, I'm not saying that, but in this league now and the way it's set up, and I've been unapologetic about this for the last couple of years, you've got to be able to throw the football. You've got to be able to score points, right? And you know, now Ben didn't have the running game that needed to be there to help him to you know be a game manager like a Peyton Manning. Um, you know, when they won the Super Bowl at the Broncos, but like there is something to be said for these new quarterbacks, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah, just, but you got to let Ben walk. You had to let Ben walk out when he wanted to walk out. As oh well. no, no, I agree. I didn't, I didn't think, in, I didn't like, think it'd be interesting. Cause like, uh, and Ben you know, to be fair, did the right thing by the franchise in trying to come back from that elbow injury too. You know, like he yeah, could well, have easily said I'm done now, but he didn't. And yeah, I know he got paid the best part of $50 million to do so. But I mean, if you did it at that time with the salary cap challenges we had, you know, we would have been, we would have had a losing season. We would have really had a losing yeah, season. Yeah, no. And the, how the, much would that, a, would that have hurt, right? Like, the, there's an article, I think, on, on BTSC. I don't know who, who wrote the article, but it's talking about how Big Ben and, you know, the office was, did, did they want him? Did he want him to come back? You know, did Tom want him? That kind of stuff. Because Big Ben had a conversation with one of the media heads out there. But, it's just interesting, I think, and, and this year, like we have, I think we've gotten better over the offseason. One of the best offseasons I've ever seen in, Mate, in my life. We have retooled like nothing else. Yeah. Right? If and you, we've, you know what? If we, if we, let's say we go and we make a, we make the AFC championship game. And let's say even if we lose the AFC championship game, we could look back on this offseason and be like, look at that move. Look at that move. Look at that move. And you, you could just go through them. Like these are the moves that some teams make. Now, admittedly, we had a lot of gaps. But in good teams, they make the amount of moves that we made and they bring in the, the amount of talent we did, and they do make Super Bowls. Like, if you look at the Bengals last mm. year, they brought in a lot less talent in one offseason, you know, admittedly, and look where that got them in the end. Like, their offensive line was awful. Like, like they lost that game in the end because of their offensive line, right? Now, they've gotten a lot better at the offensive line, I think, over the offseason. But we've addressed a number of issues across this team and we've gotten younger at a bunch of positions. Like if you go through the the sheet, there's something like, you know, 80% of the roster is below 26 or 27. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 definitely worked out for us too. And, you know, like I said, Cameron Hayward, TJ Watt, if, if Miles Jack can be that all-star guy, then you've got Minka in the backfield, that's four all-star guys there and not two other, and the other guys on the field aren't too bad either. So it will be interesting to see how, what the mentality changes with the Steelers and in what, what direction they go. But 
if they can if they can hold if they can get some first downs from Naji and and have a, a competent uh, you know quarterback with Jabisky hopefully going out there. Well, Kenny Pickett may start, but we don't know when. But this whole team, I think, is going to have just a different attitude about them because we have been losing a lot. Look, I know everyone says we've lost four four playoff games in a row. We haven't won a playoff game in a long, a long, long time. So this, to me, is not like a rebuilding year. It's like, well, like you said, you're retooling. We just went and got the pieces you needed to get, and it's 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 time now to play. It really is. These these fellas, what twenty six, twenty seven? You got a different mentality when you're twenty six, twenty seven. I think like you, you want to go out there, and this is the, this is the time right now to go out there and win. Like it's 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 pretty much for me, it's all or nothing. Like just go out there and just uh, play football, and you should have a good chance every single game. I think. Hundred percent. Well, I also think this is, you know, you and I went through the roster, and everyone's like saying this is a loss and that's a win, and this is a loss and that's a win. I also kind of think this is one of those seasons where, like, we'll put it this way: if they went eight and zero to start the season or seven and zero, I'm not going to sit here shocked. I'm just not because I think if it all clicks, I've got them. I've got them four and zero. I'm telling you, I think they can go and shock the Bengals. I think they can win at home versus the Patriots. I think, but I'm also I could see them one and three and bouncing back. Like, 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 do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's going to come down to because this is the other thing we talk about bringing all this new talent. How does it click? You know, and I, you know, what's funny about this podcast too. Last week we did offense and we started talking about defensive guys, and then this week we're going to focus on defense. We talked quite a bit on offense the last ten minutes or so, and. You know, Sean Manahan in the live chat earlier on the show talked about complimentary football. You know, in, now he's just sort of said in the live chat, it all starts up from, from both sides of the ball. It is. It's about cohesiveness. And I said this mm. on podcasts we did last season. Um, I remember last season I did a, you know, a show with Dave or Rich, and I said about the, that complimentary football. And that is one thing that I don't think we played very well last year. And I don't think we played it very well the second half of 2020, which is why they started falling off that, you know, game winning, you know, the, the 12 games, the 11 games in a row that they won. You could start to see that that sort of downslide from complementary football. If we play complementary football, we have enough play, we have enough on offense and we've certainly got enough on defense to to be a double-digit win team. It's not an issue. Oh, I, I agree 100%. And every team right now, we're all getting hyped up and pumped up. So, like, our thoughts right now uh, are legitimate because we are so optimistic about the team and everyone's 0 0, right? And preseason right. is going to show us a lot. Uh, we'll go, we'll, as preseason goes along, we'll probably, you know, uh, dive well, into baby, other we're players. six. We're six, mate. We're six, we're six Super Bowls. It's not 0 and 0 for us. But it could very well be that we have seven. Like, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that this team... Can oh, mate, it. I would love... Since I started the War Room show, which was in Cap Room, I talked about, you know, the tagline is always how they build the roster to win a seventh Lombardi. I would love to change that to how to win a roster with an eighth Lombardi. Why not? But, like, even even Jeans is here, right? Like, love your optimism that 11 8 may be a little bit better. But what I'm saying is right now, every single team in the NFL, besides, well, I can't say the Bengals now, but every single team in the NFL is 0-0 zero and zero starting, and this is the chance that everyone's getting so pumped up. And the first four weeks or five weeks will tell you what's going to happen. But even preseason, if, like, a Buddy Johnson or uh, Highsmith goes, like, crazy out there, like, wow, Highsmith's got another step. Then we get even more, like, we even know what's going to happen then. Like, I think, or even if, like, my mate, I'm not a big fan of Claypool. If he goes out there and starts to get, get some good catches, stay on his feet, and he looks better running, uh, route running, or DJ is, is even better than he used to be, or Trubisky, he doesn't throw interceptions and has a good, has a good, you know, the offense looks like a, like a, like a uh, you know. Well, what if Najee hits a hole and actually runs 50 yards? Yeah, this is just, mate, how good would that be? You and I have been talking about a running back breaking it for 50 plus for two and a half years. He got one it was at the end of the game versus the Browns. That's the last one I think I've ever seen him or him or, or it was he or Trey Edmonds do it. But this is the time now that it, going into the preseason, if we are confident, I think they can go into the Bengals and win because there's a big head, head hunt on uh, the Bengals right now. And the Steelers has been pushed down like something shocking. So it really, I think, I think, I think they can have a chance because the players they have, they're so skillful. It's like you said cohesiveness they need to get together communicate and become a, a team and we haven't been that we've talked about that for the last four or five years so many distractions have been happening in the locker rooms uh with us and, and stuff like that we haven't been that team and, and i think even cameron haywood he knew that the last few years and he's 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 changed he's he's odd he's more vocal now he's more involved in the, in the social media for the pittsburgh steelers 
I think, and even even Tom one too looks a bit more relaxed. And I think I like that when I see the team having fun yeah, and they're, they're relaxed. You know, and you know what? Yes. This is that comfortable. This is that comfortable being uncomfortable thing, right? Yes, you know when they when they're comfortable like that, it's not because they don't want to play. It's because they know their ability, and I think they can go out there and like like oh, I do it when I play sport. I know if I'm one of the best players or whatever. If I'm comfortable, I'm having fun, and I'll go out there and win. So. And, and, and winning, winning, Haywood, is that, winning is in win, the thing about winning is it's infectious, hundred percent, right? It's it's a positive thing. It's a compounding thing as well. Like when you're winning, you're feeling good, you're playing good, you're seeing things better. There's less stress. You're you're less like tight mentally, you know, from that perspective. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. But before we close out the show, is there anything else you wanted to quickly cover off? No, I just want to say, like, hope, hopefully everyone's really excited and pumped up. It's been a long off-season. Long off-season. Oh, we've had hey, fun. It's been bloody long. We've had fun, like, talking about the draft from free agent signings to uh, the changing of the, the guard at Acrishaw Stadium. Like, everything has changed. The the the, the GM. All it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy, the change <laughs> that's going on, yeah. You know, but I think it's great. I think, I think you know, we're having so much fun here at BTSC and, and all the podcasts and you guys listen to. And we're trying to get you guys amped up for a good season because I think it will be a good season. I think Cameron Haywood is happy and, and he knows, I think he knows personally that he's, that, that last year was abysmal, what they did on the, on the run game. And I think it's going to change. I really do. So I'm keen to see training camp uh, and just get, just get back out there and just they're going back to Latrobe. They're going to see fans, you know, they're going to get pumped up. That's it. So with that, we're going to wrap up this week's Steelers Touch. Down under, I'm Matty Peveril with Marky D, Marky Davison. As always, go Steelers! Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.